Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for Jesus Christ risen from the dead for our benefit, for the world's benefit. Father, we thank you that he is alive, that he is alive today, and that he lives in the heart of every born-again believer. Father, we thank you for the power that is in us through his person and through his presence. Father, we thank you for your spirit, who you have given us to lead us and to guide us, to show us the way, to bring understanding, to bring light to every dark situation, to bring deliverance to every situation where there is bondage, and to bring freedom, freedom in our lives. Father, we thank you today. We say, have your way. Speak through my lips. Think through our minds. Open up your word to us, unveil it and unfold it, that we may see truths by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Well, it is Easter Sunday, and uh, believe it or not, even though it's April 1st, it's Easter Sunday. <laughs> and um, I had a, a niece, and she was born on April 1st, right? Yeah, she was born on April 1st, so her birthday is today, and um, her dad really is a tease, and so I can't imagine being, <laughs> being his daughter uh, and having a birthday on April 1st, because if, if that was me, I would definitely pick up my child. <clears throat> We're going to look, first of all, at Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, we've entitled the uh, message today, The Great Awakening, The Great Awakening. And if there's anything that uh, the world needs, it is a great awakening. If there's anything that large segments of the church need, it is a great awakening. If there's anything that individual believers need, many times it is a great awakening. In other words, uh, wake up from your sleep. Don't, don't live the way that you've been living any longer. Uh, it's real easy to go through life in a fog and not to realize exactly what's happening or why it's happening, but there is freedom, and it is called a great awakening. And this was not in my notes, so let me find this scripture real quick, and uh, I will read it to you. And uh, praise the Lord. You know where I'm talking about. Over... <laughs> over in uh, Timothy somewhere, 1st or 2nd Timothy, <laughs> where uh, Paul told Timothy, he's told, telling him how to minister effectively, how to pastor effectively. And um, he said, praying for the people that the Lord would grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they might awake out of their sleep and not be taken captive by the devil to do his will. That is talking about actually believers. <laughs> He's talking about that you had to pray for them, that they will awaken out of their sleep. And one translation, I looked it up a couple months ago, one translation said, come out of the fog, like awaken from the fog. And so, you know, uh, sometimes people uh, that want to claim the faith message, they'll say like, well, uh, you can't say that, pray that the Lord would grant repentance. He's already granted repentance. Well, yes, he has. You're exactly right. But you have to actually grab hold of it yourself and live it in your own life. That is what faith is all about. 
And so that you grant, you grant unto your repentance. Well, what is repentance? Well, quite simply, repentance is just saying, I'm walking like this, and I'm going to repent and go the other way. In other words, this is how I've been living. This is what I've been doing. I've been allowing uh, cares and anxiety and stress and trouble and, and worry to dominate me. And to repent from that, okay, yes, it would include, Lord, I repent. Please forgive me of doing this. But probably as important is that you actually do it. So that you actually, and how do you do it? Well, you're not going to feel like doing it in the middle of it. You're not going to feel like quitting that because that's uh, gratifying to your flesh. I'm just using that as an example, you know, but you can use any uh, thing of the flesh that would take the place of Christ and put there. But so to repent is to change. Well, how do you change? Well, the best way to change is you find scripture in the word of God because the word of God has power more powerful than your words unless you're speaking his words. But then they're still his words. It's just your tongue, your vocal cords, your lips, and your mouth are being used of him. You're a vessel for him even in your own life. You're a prophet in your own life. And so then what you do, even in the midst of I'm missing it because I'm so stressed out about all this, is you actually take your own mouth and you speak his words. First, the words that you speak is, Lord, forgive me. I've been trying to do this on my own. And what does that do? You just created a road to walk on and to move on and to act on so that your faith can actually act on what you're saying. No, there was, what are you, you going to say? Well, think if you're in a, a, a group of people and you're just like, oh, I don't know what to do. It's been this, been that, da, da. And then how, how would you notify them that you're not going to do that anymore? You would say, you know what? I've been talking foolish. I'm not going to talk like that anymore because that's not right. I'm going to do this. Well, I just confessed what I did, came into agreement with it so it could be removed, which it was already legally removed by Christ. But now by agreeing with that statement, I can get rid of it. And it's not so much the getting rid of it. It's really the getting rid of the consciousness of failure and not doing it the right way. It's called sin consciousness in like technical biblical terms. So that you're conscious like, what is sin? Well, sin is just missing the mark. I gave an example when we first started the church, and I like it, so I'll use it again. If you're hunting and you got a target, or you're not hunting, you're just practice shooting or doing a bow and arrow, whatever you're doing, or a slingshot, then you got a target in the middle. Well, if you don't hit the bullseye of that target, you miss the mark. Sometimes we make sin to be like this big, dark, evil thing. Well, the reason it feels big, dark, and evil is it puts you on the devil's territory uh, who thinks he's big, and he's definitely dark and evil. And so you start to feel what he feels. Why? Well, you ever been around somebody like that? Man, you, you kind of get going, and uh, I always think about on jobs because I've experienced it uh, many times on jobs, even at churches. <laughs> somebody's like, I can't believe they're doing this. and They're doing, who is they? Anyhow, they're doing this and they're doing that. And you're going to work and you're like, oh, it's a great day. This is the day the Lord has made. It's going to be a good day. Man, my boss is amazing. And then this other person's like, they are so horrible and I can't believe they did this. And you're like, they did? That is horrible. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Laughter is like a medicine. 
It actually affects you, affects your uh, mind and your body and uh, many things that you don't even realize. Sometimes laughter can break a mood or break a situation when other things don't. Actually, the Bible says that God sits in the heavens and he laughs. Well, if he's laughing, he must know something that we're maybe not aware of. So maybe if he's laughing, we should laugh. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Galatians chapter 3. The Great Awakening. I'm going to read uh, 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 from verse 1, but we're going to end up and kind of camp on verse 21. And I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You receive the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? So this happens many times to people that have not even begun their life in the Spirit. In other words, they they don't know Jesus Christ. They have not received him. And so what they want to do is, well, as soon as I uh, uh, stop drinking, stop smoking, stop cussing, then I'm going to come to the Lord. Well, you might as well give up. Because if you could have stopped that, you'd already stopped it (laughs) on your own. You come as you are. Uh, The whole message of the gospel is that Jesus paid the price so you could have a source of life, a real life, that is the lie. It's, 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 it's actually called the power of an endless life. And the power of that endless life is what enables you to overcome the things that the world and your own flesh would try to control you with so that you're no longer dominated. No, you know what? We are good Americans, I think. Maybe everybody's not American, but anyhow, it's humans. But like this anyhow, my Americans just capitalized on it. Like, we don't want anybody to tell us what to do. Right? We want dominion. Well, we all have dominion in Christ. As soon as you give up everything your entire life. So if you want to have dominion, if you want to call the shots, well, you have to give up everything, let Jesus call all the shots, and then through him, you'll call all the shots. In other words... No man or woman, young or old, is going to keep you down if you live the life of Christ. Because the life of Christ, he came, he lived as a man, with subject to like passions as any man, subject to temptations as any man, yet was perfect and did not sin, and he overcame all the power of the world and the devil. So he dominated mankind, humankind, the earth. I mean, he walked on the water. Even the elements did not have dominion over him, yet he had dominion over the elements. Well, he did that as an example that we should follow. It actually says, he said, the reason that uh, so many signs, wonders, and miracles were done in the life of of Christ, two reasons. 
Number one, to show the love of God and what God is like. Number two, because of the Jews' unbelief. Because they're always seeking for a sign. I can't go there. Okay. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. Did you get that? I want to read that again. I ask you again, does God give the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Because of what you do. Is that why he gives the Spirit and does miracles among you? A lot of times, it's real easy to get a picture of the Lord. I want to use you, Melody. Can you come up here? So it's like real easy to get a picture of the Lord and... um, I'm going to be God, okay. and then I'm going, to, I'm going to be God, and I have this really cool pencil for you. Okay. So I want you to get here, the pencil. <laughs> okay. This is our picture of God so many times. Like, he has all these wonderful gifts, and he, 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 he kind of... He entices us, but really, oh, we're not good enough. Oh, we haven't done enough. Oh, we haven't done enough. So he's like really trying to hold it from us. Well, the real picture is more like this. Now you be God. Okay. And reach it out to me. <laughs> Here you are, honey. Take it. You got it. You're almost there, baby. Come on. A little higher. <laughs> and so he's actually trying to give it to us. But we get ourselves out of the position to receive what he already has. It's called the grace of God. You can't earn it. You can't do enough to get it. He wants to give it to you more than what you want it. But the thing about it is, he always, always, always operates in line with his word. So you can't get outside what the word says and expect to receive his blessing because in order to connect with him, you connect with the word. I mean, the only way to the father is through the son who is the word. That's the only access to God is through Jesus Christ. And if we try to get to God or the things of God or, the, you know, it's, 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 oh, praise the Lord. He is just goodness itself. He is blessing itself. He is provision itself. He is deliverance itself. He is freedom itself. Yet we're trying to do something in order to deserve it or to earn it. We're trying to, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's flesh nature, right? Of human flesh that what are we, we going to do in the Old Testament? Let's build a ladder to reach up to God. We're going to do something in order to get to God. So there is the hunger in the heart of every human to connect with God, whether they recognize that's what it is or not. They got a lot of manifestations that they'll be like, I don't believe there is any God, you know, but don't you talk about him. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It's okay, it's because they don't have light. Like if you're, if you're, if you're, 
uh, an atheist, why are you concerned about uh, people believing in God? Because you don't believe there should be no power there. I like how T.L. Osborne said one time, <laughs> they're trying to keep him out of one country. And the leaders of the country got together and they're like, he was a you know, missionary <laughs> trying to keep him out. And um, he said to the leaders of the government, he said, I'm so thankful that you guys believe in Jesus Christ as much, maybe more than I do. No, 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 no. We do not. He said, well, you're trying to legislate him out and make laws so that nobody can talk about him. You must believe in his power an awful lot. Oh, no, 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 no. They do. Their actions tell what they believe. Your actions tell what you believe. My actions tell what I believe. I ask you again, does God give the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. It's because you believe the message. You do is believe. A believer and God is the one that performs. So all we do is believe. And because we believe, we act. Because they believe in the power of the message of Jesus Christ to turn a nation upside down, the rulers of some of those countries make it illegal to preach about him because they have such strong belief. This would not be good for us. People would think whatever they want. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Remember, faith is trusting what God said so much that you act on it. And by its very essence, it means that you have to not be trusting what you think and what other people think. You, think, you trust only what God thinks and what God says. So you have to turn away, you know that dictionary, big dictionary, 10 volumes, said, turn away from self-confidence and everything that the world has. This is, this is an essential part of what faith is. Most of the time we just talk about, I believe God. Well, in order to believe God, uh, we're not believing like many gods. We're believing about the God, and in the God, we have to turn away from all of the other things, all of the other inputs, all of the other thoughts. It's like your life is watching uh, <laughs> television with all those channels. And like, oh, this person's talking about redoing your house. Oh, this person's talking about bees. This person's talking about like uh, uh, sports. And, you know, I don't watch that much TV, so I can't get the rest. But, you know, like this input, this input, this input, this input. Let me tell you, in your situation, if you ask 10 different people, you probably could get 10 different opinions. The most important opinion is what does the word of God say? Most people will tell you what it feels like or what their experience has been. But I endeavor, and you should endeavor always to tell people what the word says, especially if it's a critical type of situation, because it might feel comfortable to you at the moment to tell them, oh, no, that's okay. You know, uh, you don't have to keep that commitment. You don't have to do this, that, or whatever. Uh, you're just um, softening the situation. But in the long run, a spiritual pilgrim uh, never moves from what he said, his word. You keep your word. So um, 
there's blessing when you get in line with the word of God. Verse eight, what's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. It's through believing. It's through faith, which is through believing. Believing what? Believing God. Believing Christ. Believing that what he said, have faith in God. So it's clear that no one can be made right. For the scriptures say it's through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, so it is the case in this case. God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. And notice the scripture doesn't say to his children as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. This is what I am trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed not only until the coming of the child was promised. God gave his law through the angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. You're like, uh, you've got to have an arbitrator come in because, uh, you know... The workers in the, uh, the union and the uh, leaders don't, can't get along, so you've got to bring an arbitrator. You know, but God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Now, Paul's telling the church at Galatia because they had started out in faith, trusting God and what he had done, and somehow they had slipped back into, well, I'm going to connect with God through what I do. And that, that 
I believe, is in the Word of God because every believer experiences that. Where all of a sudden you've begun in faith, trusting God, and before you know it, if you don't pay attention, all of a sudden you're like, well, 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 I got to do this. Uh, I got to do this. Why, why hasn't he given me this? It's because, oh, I must need to do this. I must need to do that. I must need to do this. No, he wants to give it to you more than what you want to receive it. You are just not in position to receive. And to get into position to receive is not difficult. I always think of, because sometimes uh, people get impression like, well, to, to uh, receive from God, it takes years of meditating on certain scriptures and everything like that. Well, it, if your mind is that unrenewed, it, it could, but it shouldn't. It's not really necessary. Because if you look at the life of Christ, when they heard of Jesus, the woman with the issue of blood, all you have to do is hear the word. As soon as she heard of Jesus, then she kept saying, if I can just touch his clothes, if I can just touch his clothes, I'm going to be whole. I'm going to be whole. I'm going to be whole. As soon as she had the first opportunity, she touched his clothes. Power went out of him. And she felt in her body she was healed. So you can't like make it like, a, you know, this is going to be a 20-year project. But what it is is it's simply believing. And what do you have to do to simply believe? You have to receive the word in your heart, not your head. It's not really complicated. The, the, the difference is like, oh, what is, is this my head? Am I thinking in my head? Do I acknowledge this in my head or is this in my heart? And if you're my uh, type of personality, you, you can spend like uh, a long time thinking that. Be like, well, what was this? What was this? And all. So I'll say this. And I hear myself say it. Well, now, was that from my head or was that from my heart? You know? Well, the longer you live in the things of the Lord, you know like this is from your heart, this is from your head. But with the heart, man believes, not with the head. God is not a mind. God is a spirit. So the way that you receive from him is from your heart. And so the way you respond to him is from your heart. And so what happens is if you look over the scriptures and you put an expectation on the spirit of God, he will reveal it to you. You can't figure it out. You cannot figure the scriptures out with your head. You don't reason the scriptures. Well, you, if you reason the scriptures, you're not going to receive uh, the revelation or the light, or you're not going to be awakened by them, which is how Jesus said faith comes. He said faith comes or is awakened or put into active form by hearing the rhema of God. What is that? That is by hearing God speak to you in your heart that goes beyond what your mind would think and goes beyond what other people would say. And you might still have the same thoughts, but now they, they seem to have dulled in their power. Like the thoughts are still, oh yeah, yeah, I could still see that. But I, I just believe this. I, I just believe, I can't explain it, but I just believe it. Well, that's called all of a sudden the word came alive to you because of something God did. And because why? Like we talked about before. You positioned yourself to receive from the Lord. So it's not a matter of works because if I go into the word of God and say, okay, I'm gonna read like five chapters every day so that I can just grow to the great man of faith. And so, oh, did my five chapters. I'm just, just oh, crossed it off, checked it off, checked it off. No, it's a heart issue that you go to feed on the word because it is spoken by God, written down by men, so that he can speak it back in your heart. And so you go and you approach the word of God with that kind of uh, faith and trust, and the word will never let you down. Is there a conflict between, uh, I'm going to read verse 21. Oh. 
in a couple other translations. King James says, is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness would have been by the law. Weymouth translation says, God, however, is the only one. Is the law then opposed to the promises of God? No, indeed, for if a law had been given which could have conferred life, and then Amplified says, a law had been given which could confer spiritual life. This word, you know, we did a study on uh, life, which is uh, the Greek word zoe. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, Jesus said. That's the Greek word zoe. Well, this word here, given life, actually is from the Greek word zoe pale, which means zoe, which is the life and nature of God, and pale is to make. So all of a sudden, um, you have, well, it's really to make alive, to cause to live. In the old King James, you'll see it says quicken, quicken, bring life. And so when I was studying this for this message, I looked it up and I got so excited because I said, wait a second. And as I'm reading down, it actually said, I have it right here. It actually said, to awaken, to rise up, a lifting, like lifting a sheep out of a pit, raised, lifted, to do with the resurrection life. So Paul's telling the Galatians who started to get over into works and and try to accomplish really uh, the walking out of their salvation on their own, he's saying if there could have been a law given, which could have raised up, awakened, or given life, it would have come through the law. But it was not possible that it could come through the law. It had to come through the person, Jesus Christ. So that through Jesus Christ, there was given an awakening and a power. And do you know what? Jesus is the first son raised from the dead. He's the first of many generations. And so what happened is he was quickened to life so that we could be quickened to life. And so that's why I called this the great awakening because all of a sudden the devil thought. He thought he had Christ. He thought he had the whole system. He thought he had God. And then all of a sudden the first son was quickened to life. And in that son also called the first Adam, Jesus Christ, was the seed of a new race of being, of a new breed of species, of a new creation. And we are part of that when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so Jesus was the great seed of a new generation and a new species, he was planted in the ground. And how can a a seed live unless it first dies in the ground and then it shall live? And we are the same. How can we live unless we first die to ourselves, being to our flesh, to our natural thinking, to our natural mind, and receive the mind of Christ and receive the life of Christ so that we're no longer living our lives and functioning in the world based on what we can do, 
but we do what we do because of who we've become. Why do you do that? Why do you refuse to lose your integrity over that? Because of who I have become. Because of whose I am. Because I belong to Christ. And he belongs to me. But you have to have a boldness and you have to have a confidence in order to receive from God. If you don't have boldness and you don't have confidence, you're not going to receive from God. Well, how do you get boldness and confidence? Well, if you believe the word of God, you will get boldness and confidence. I don't mean like you're a big, bold personality. You'd be like, well, of course I can receive from God. It's me after all. That's not what I'm talking about. You get boldness and confidence. You're bold about the blood. You're bold about redemption. You're bold about the new life that you have in Christ. You're bold because he's awesome. You're bold about his faithfulness. You're bold about his love and his wonder. So that it's not really because of who you are. It is because of who he is. So in your connection with the Lord, if you have never come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, or maybe you have received him and you have accepted him, if you want to live the kind of life that he paid the price for you to live, the only way to do that is based on who he is and what he has done. And in order to receive who he is and what he's done, who he is, And what he's done, you have to count everything else, like Paul said, as dung. Like, he he was great studied. He was a religious man before, not a spiritual man, but a religious man. And he had studied, and he had learned, and he was a leader. And when you were a leader in the Jewish community, you were also a leader in the governmental things. And so he was a leader of leaders. But he said, I had to count all that stuff as nothing for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so his act had to be an act of trusting God more than all of these other things. And when he trusted God, now he can receive from who God is and from what God has. In order to do that, it's laying aside. And when you lay aside, when you're not accustomed to doing that, it feels like you're on shaky ground. It feels like, is the ground going to give away from underneath me? But if you actually lay hold of the Lord, and you do that by saying, Lord, I might not understand all these other things. I might not understand all these other thoughts, all these other pulls. But I see that you said this in your word. I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust your way. I've tried these other things. I've tried these other ways. I've listened to these other thoughts for years and years. And I see what they've gotten me. Sometimes they know something, sometimes they don't. But I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to take a step this way. I'm going to trust you. They call it stepping out over the aching void of nothingness with nothing under your feet except the word of God. In other words, if the word's not true, I'm going down. But you know like the word is true. 
And the Bible says that God watches his word. He, he, he watches over his word to perform it. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean he's looking over a Bible, saying, ooh, I'm gonna perform it, I'm gonna perform it? As soon as his word is spoken by someone that believes, if you believe, if you trust, if I told my kids, uh, if you'd like to get some ice cream, come up after service and get $20 and you can go buy yourself some ice cream. If they believe me, they have access to that. If they don't believe me, they're not gonna get access because they're not even gonna, why? They're not gonna come. They don't think I have anything for them. Yet I have this for them. Stand with me if you would. First Corinthians 15, verse three and four says, for I passed unto you, first of all, what I also received. You can't give something that you have not received. That Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, died for our sins in accordance with what the scriptures foretold. That he was buried, that he arose on the third day as the scriptures foretold. Jesus did live a perfect, sinless life. He came in the form of a baby, a small human. He grew up. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and mankind. And then he lived a perfect, godly, sinless life with the Holy Spirit enabling him to serve the Lord and to minister. Then he died on the cross. And on the cross, he took your sins, my sins, and the sins of the whole world on himself. He went to the grave. He defeated the devil, paid the penalty for our sins, defeated sin and the power of death. He rose again, and now he is seated at the right hand of God himself, actually interceding for believers, praying for you and for me that have received Christ. And so he is there right now, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, I want to invite you this morning to know him. What's the condition of your heart? Where is your heart? Is your heart tied up in earthly things, tied up in status, tied up in money, tied up in worries, tied up in fear? Come just as you are. He will set you free. The power of those things is broken upon your life and off of your life the second that you receive what he has already done. He loves you. If that's you here this morning, lift up your hand. I'd love to pray with you and pray for you. Get you living for the Lord. If you're here this morning and you have accepted the Lord, but you have not been living for the Lord, you've let other things creep in and draw you back and, and pull you back. The Spirit of God is calling you, calling to you. Come back. Come back to the close place. Come back to the place where you hear my voice and where you walk and talk with me, where I can supply your every need. Come back. If that's you this morning, you'd like to come back to the Lord. Just slip up your hand. I'd love to pray with you and pray for you. Maybe you're here this morning and you have never been filled with the Spirit of God. If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit, 
but you have not received him in all of his fullness. You've not been what the Bible calls baptized or immersed into the Holy Spirit. If that's you this morning, I'd love to pray with you and for you. Just slip up your hand. We'll pray with you. See you filled with the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that Jesus is alive and that his life affects us here today, that his life is even quickening our mortal bodies by his spirit, that his life is giving us direction, lighting our path, that we're not confused and undone, but that you show us the way to go. And we don't, we don't go the wrong way, but we go in your path. We thank you for rest and refreshing in the Spirit, that you renew us every day. On the inside, we're renewed every day. On the inside, we receive new strength every day, new direction every day, new outlook every day. Father, thank you for your mercies, that your mercies for when we mess up and when we fail, go beyond our failure, go beyond the power of our failure and the power of our mistakes. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is our Savior. Father, we thank you for being a good God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you. Happy Resurrection Day. Happy Easter. Thank you so much for coming. Have a great, healthy, safe week. Prosperous too. In Jesus' name.